Welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. I am your host, the packaging pastor, Adam Peak. And if you are listening to this podcast the day it came out here on Tuesday, January 18th, I am live in Austin, Texas with my friends from Specrite, along with my good friend and fellow packaging podcast host, Corey Connors, who hosts the Sustainable Packaging Podcast with Corey Connors. So make sure you check that out. And we're going to be creating all sorts of fun content. So make sure that you are keeping up with myself, Adam Peak, and Corey Connors on LinkedIn, on TikTok. We're going to have some live events. We're going to be making some live TikToks, whatever that looks like. I've never done it before. So that's going to be number one for me. So make sure you go check that out. And if you want to learn more about Specrite, there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can go to specright.com, S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T.com backslash book, and you can download a free PDF of their book, The Evolution of uh, Products and Packaging by Matthew Wright, or you can order a physical copy uh, at the same place through their Amazon link. So specright.com backslash book, and be looking out for some of our content as I'm really excited to get to know the people who are helping to transform the way that data is managed in our space. And that's why it's also exciting that this episode is with Ed Garibian from Lumen. That is L-L-U-M-I-N dot com. Ed has a very similar passion to see our uh, industry transformed by how we gather and use data. So make sure that you connect up with Ed. Go check out his website, Lumen, L-L-U-M-I-N dot com. This is a relatively short interview. It's like 20, 25 minutes. Uh, so stay locked in. Make sure you link up with Ed and see how you can have your, uh, your manufacturing business transformed with their software. Here's the episode with Ed Garibian. All right, so Ed, uh, we are talking for the first time since uh, Pack Expo. Ed and I yeah. met there. Was it? Can you remind me? Was it? Uh, no, we were connected up, right? It was like, hey, you should see what Lumen's doing, and I came by your booth. I didn't just wander by and was like, Ed, you have great hair. I have yeah. no hair. We should talk about packaging. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ed and I met up at pack expo which was a few months back um yeah. just trying to get our schedules aligned and uh here we are so ed garibian is the what's your official title ceo ceo ceo, CEO founder mm-hmm. any other any other fun a, fun titles you want to give yourself yeah. <laughs> right. this is your moment ed this is the moment where you can jump in and you can you can say i am the whatever like i had someone on oh amy steadman and her title right. was uh the chief get shit done officer that's what her yeah. title was <laughs> yeah i do some of that and a uh, little bit of product management um a little bit of um running errands to replace the stuff in our kitchen but uh, mostly i'm the ceo got it got it all right and errand runner chief right. chief errand officer mm-hmm. uh that's awesome. Well, Ed, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to talk about Lumen and what it is that you're doing in the packaging industry. So we start off every episode because I just want people to know who you are and who better to tell that story than you. So a little bit of a backstory from you on how did you get into 
creating innovative software for manufacturers. You didn't just, that's not what you want to be when you're a kid, right? No, I, I you know, I, um, I'm an engineer by trade. I have a bachelor's degree in engineering, electrical engineering, went to UMass, um, Amherst. And uh, after that, I did do some um, engineering work for semiconductor companies, did some marketing, and then, you know, eventually started an IT business, you know, IT services business. And then from there, um, sort of uh, came into an opportunity where um, I could, um, you know, acquire a small software company, um, and uh, that sort of formed the genesis of um, what later became Lumen. Um, so um, this is my second or third business. Um, cool. And that that software company was focused on inventory control for um, distributors and wholesalers. Uh, they did have a, um, a small presence in um, maintenance, um, oddly enough. Um, and as as uh, once I got into that business, once you know, sort of started learning about software because I was doing IT. A part of that, it's totally different. Um, as it turned out, the maintenance part of their software functionality ended up being what we keyed in on, and that that ended up becoming the catalyst for Lumen. Cool. Um, yeah. Are you in? So you're still based in the Massachusetts area, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so can you give me just your thickest, deepest Massachusetts, New England accent? Like, what would be the phrase that you would say to really, to really uh, bring? Because we have listeners all around the world, right. and 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 I get to talk with just incredible people. <laughs> but but you know, for for the people around the world, like, just give it to us that like Goodwill Hunting esque. Yeah. Uh, you know, just do you have it in you? Can you go? Well, I, you go I guess like I mean, I was actually born in Indiana, um, oh. but, and, and, and also, and also, growing up, you know, so I grew up from age seven on. Yes, I grew up in Massachusetts, but it was Western Mass. Now in Massachusetts, it, you know, we're a small state, so eighty miles is like you know that is like a whole nother world. So we are not anywhere in you know, at least from our state's perspective, anywhere near Boston. Got uh, it. But, okay. yeah. But uh, yeah, the car um, and uh, parking. <laughs> I mean, I have friends and relatives who have thick Boston accents, but I don't. You don't? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll allow it. I don't know if it's right. one of those things that you try, tried to work out of your... No. So, uh, no. okay. So you are yeah. in, you're in a different part of Massachusetts. Than... We're, we're in Springfield, which is um, about an hour and a half, uh, depending on traffic, uh, an hour and a half uh, west of Boston. Yeah. Okay, an hour and a half west of Boston. And yeah. I should, I'm ashamed that I don't know this. Is that where the basketball? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the basketball is the basketball right here. Like, fame? Literally, literally like, you know, an eight minute walk from where we are um, in Springfield. Yep. Got it. Home of, home of basketball. And also nearby is Holyoke, which is the home of volleyball. So we've got two uh, huge sports. <laughs> wait, um, wait, hold on. Dude, this is, Holyoke, Massachusetts is the yes, whole... a volleyball and where the um, volleyball Hall of Fame is. And uh, obviously Springfield's where the basketball Hall of Fame is. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is fun. That is crazy. I did not. Oh, yeah. I would have never connected Holyoke, Massachusetts with volleyball. But right. what do I know? Yeah, there you go. Well, that's. That's awesome. Uh, well, now I'm now I'm sold. Uh, I will I will come visit 
just just mostly to go to the basketball hall of fame but (laughs) no that's great that's that's fantastic it's funny because i don't hear as much about people like like espn doesn't seem to televise a lot like basketball hall of fame stuff as much as they do the nfl like the pro football hall of fame seems like it gets a little bit more run but maybe we'll change that i'm i'm a bigger basketball fan i can't believe i didn't just know that off the the top of my head but Mm. here we are if if you ever get a chance it is it is uh it's something to see so yeah i'm a little disappointed i've never actually been there my parents Mm. were born in massachusetts they were born in hopkinton my dad went to Worcester Polytech and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. also, oddly enough, worked in the semiconductor industry for most of his life. Mm-hmm. So and his name's Ed. Ah, my God. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, just we'll just let everyone know this is actually my dad. I'm interviewing right. my dad right now. <laughs> no, anyway. Uh, well, let's get back into what you're doing with Lumen. So. Uh, engineering background, you buy a company, yeah. it's doing all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. Did you rebrand it or was it named Lumen? So Lumen sort of got kicked off in 2018. Prior to that, the, the business was um, ER Portal. That's where the company was founded as ER Portal Software. That was in 2004. Um, and uh, Lumen uh, sort of really kicked off in 2018. That was a result of, um, you know, as part of ER Portal, which was a maintenance uh, software business, we, we decided, um, you know, our strength was in machine interfaces and, and the ability to use machine data. So we, in 2015, uh, commenced on um, this path to create a whole new IoT-based um, maintenance platform, and, and that got completed in 2018, 2019, and that was what, uh, in combination with, you know, um, the, the new product, um, new branding, messaging, and all that rolled into what became Lumen as, as uh, the, the company name and the entity, which, which it is now. Okay. So about three years, you've been, you've been known as Lumen. Yeah. Awesome. And as it pertains to the packaging industry specifically, mm-hmm. you, you were clearly at Pack Expo for a reason. So sure. uh, talk, talk, like, what, what do you do? Like, what is it, what is it you do so, for the packaging uh, industry? Uh, Right. Yeah, our software um, is used to um, manage and um, uh, care for machinery, um, you know, and uh, we do a lot in the food and beverage industry. And as a result, we've um, done a lot with um, organizations that as part of their um, their product creation and product um, manufacturing process, they do packaging. So, um, you know, we we have um uh, uh, tools that allow them to be more predictive in the care of, of those assets, whether they're mm. packaging machinery or process machinery. And, um, and that's what our software does. Um, everything from tracking the, um, the health of a piece of equipment, uh, the status of that equipment, and eventually, you know, how to care for and, and extend the life of that equipment. Got it. So your software would enable, if I, if, if I ran a, uh, a plant that was filling energy drinks in right. aluminum cans, you, you would have software that would effectively help me understand when I need to do preventative maintenance, sure. when I might not, when, you know, when I maybe need to replace some parts before they go bad. Cause that's the worst. It's just the worst when you're manufacturing, when you're filling or you're manufacturing something 
and then you have an unexpected downtime, right? That's it's brutal on a bottom line. And so that's what, that's kind of what your software, or maybe that's exactly what your software does. Yep. Correct. Sure. We do that in a number of ways. Obviously um, our, our tools can be used, our our software can be used to create, um, you know, proactive and preventive uh, maintenance schedules and recurring calibration schedules and all that. But, but as I said, one of the strengths that our product offers our customers is that, um, as that machinery is being used to do its packaging and do its its work, um, we have uh, the ability to stage rules. Our customers can stage rules around the data that's being monitored on that piece of equipment or that line, and then use that data to trigger, as you as you mentioned, more predictive and um, you know condition based um, actions that you know tell the customer or tell the um, maintenance team what parts to use and and the time the timeliness in which to, to do that you know predictive uh, work um, got it yeah got it so this uh, obviously you you have you, you have a business right this business has been running for three years and yeah. is 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 filling an important void and so this is probably a silly question but most of these manufacturing pieces of equipment do not have this built into it in some way, shape, or form. Is that is that correct? Right. I mean, I think um, it's a, it's a great it's a great point, and we we actually are um, you know working with uh, manufacturers. We've begun a, a project and a, and a product that actually can add some of this um, predictive um, capabilities to the machine itself. But in general. Um, you know, main, and and manufacturers they 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 purchase machinery of all types, and um, what our software does is it allows them to, regardless of the type of machine or the type of intelligence that's built into that machine, the control system, the sensors, and all that, our tool gives them a way to manage an an, an entire organization um, of of machines, multiple lines, multiple locations all from a single perspective or all from a single point of, of control and, um, and create rules around, you know, those machines based on where they are, what products they're making at a particular time, um, what shift, and, and really provides these, these organizations, these packaging um, companies, the ability to centrally manage, um, you know, their entire infrastructure. And so, um, sure, some machines have, uh, um, you know, and, and like I said, we're working on, on tools to expand this capability. Some machines have the ability to um, trigger notifications, but, you know, what our product does is add that level of remediation to that. So when there is an action required, our tools allow the um, end users to not only understand that there's action required, but exactly what to do and who to reach out to, who to notify, and uh, what skill sets are required, and of course, ultimately, you know, h- how to mitigate, what what instructions to use, and all that. So, got it. Yeah, I would think if I were a provider of packaging equipment or uh, package, even even going back a little bit into, if I were like a Hewlett Packard or uh, um, Heidelberg or Mark Andy or somebody who's making presses or making you know, molds or whatever it might be that I would want to know when my 
I would want to be able to communicate to my customer from an OEM perspective when exactly some, you know, when, when stuff might be breaking out, I would want to get those alerts as well so that I could be triggered to reach out to my customers. So as you're talking about that, yeah. that's, that's an area of growth for Lumen then to, to provide yeah. that as a service. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great point. So um, one of the ways that we're extending our, um, our solutions is by taking what we've done all these years for the um, enterprise and, and for organizations that have multiple assets. And what we've done for them is create this more, this predictive um, tools for predictive outcomes and, um, and predictive maintenance. So what we've done is we've, we've built a, a new product that's targeted at the machine builder, at the OEM itself, that um, is based on that same platform, but uses uses our tool to, as as um, you mentioned, um, to monitor their machines um, after deployment, and create rules around data um, for those machines, and then um, use those rules that trigger um, maintenance actions, but also trigger, um, you know, when certain parts are needed, um, who to procure those parts from. Um, also giving the OEM visibility from the operator perspective, um, if there's any struggles with using their machine, um, you know, and, and aggregating all that data from all of their deployments into a, a single central, um, you know, I guess we can call it a database, but it's really a central platform that allows the OEM to now create um, better machines using um, input and um, using um, results that they can um, record and analyze and and do you know analytics on uh, from all their deployments. Uh, so it's really a two-tier product. One um, serving the customer in a proactive way, their end customers, but also giving the OEM the ability to to do better engineering as as data is is um, mined and and analyzed over time throughout all their deployments. Yeah, that makes sense. But what what would you say from because it, would you say that your your software has been it, I don't want to say disruptive in a bad way, but when you approach a manufacturer and you say to them, "Hey, we can do we can do this for you. We can do predictive yeah. downtime, we can do maintenance, we can provide all these analytics." Do you get a lot of like uh, wait, do we need all of that? Like, is there a lot of confusion? Is there excitement? Is there like, oh, finally, somebody's doing this? Like how, yeah. what are you kind of getting in the marketplace around around this? Yeah, I mean, I think timing is everything. I think um, I, I think all OEMs and, and all machine builders want to do a better job of, you know, keeping um, close to their customers and ultimately using that um, relationship to, you know, improve their revenue streams. Um, but I also uh, believe that the timing um, has gotten to the point now where um, that's much more of an, um, they're, they're seeking ways using technology to do that. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think the Industry 4.0, we, we talk about IIoT protocols and, and um, you know, the technology that we hear about has really made it so that now that's 
not only something that is a good idea, but it is really part of their roadmap. Um, the pandemic probably, you know, in, in, as we all you know, know, that probably accelerated or, or, or added another level of, um, you know, urgency to um, to what was already um, on the roadmap. Mm -hmm. So I think you've got you've got the timing is is great in terms of um, the technology and the lower cost of that. And also, of course, they've got built in use cases, right? They've seen it over the last 18 months, why it probably starts to make sense to, you know, remotely monitor and remotely care for, um, you know, their their assets after deployment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So as it, you know, kind of my uh, final few questions here, sure. you kind of hit on the, a lot of these interviews lately have been some, in some way, shape or form, we end up talking about COVID and the pandemic, to be honest with you. And equipment has become incredibly important to the packaging industry because as I've heard plenty of equipment salespeople say, equipment doesn't get sick, but it can break down. You know, it does, it does stop working. It, it you know, you'll hear people, it, you know, this is just temperamental or, you know, like people ascribe emotions to equipment that it doesn't have, but it still has yeah. things that can happen to it. So as, as you're kind of talking about that, I would imagine that the conversation around data and understanding the packaging line equipment Right. has has increased it has to because we're relying more on equipment because we don't have the mm -hmm. we don't have the people we can't hire enough people uh, yeah. to work to work in a lot of these manufacturing jobs have you felt that same thing well i think um yeah i mean i think uh there's there's skill shortages um there's also um the need for um and maybe it's sort of related but there's a need for uh, faster turnaround times when there is an action required. Um, you know, we've also seen a huge uptick in not only the, the you know, you, in OEM um, using um, technology to um, better maintain or, or help their customers better maintain their um, their equipment after deployment, but also take take a role in um, areas of um, of quality. You know, um, obviously we're you know, food quality and, and safety. Um, what can the right. OEM do to make sure that, um, you know, when there is a repair needed or when there is a, um, a preventive maintenance or, um, a, a, you know, a repair maintenance action taken, what can the OEM do to help the end user, um, you know, do a better job of um, making sure that um, everything's done correctly and anything they can do to, um, you know, elevate, their um, their safety um, practices. I think there's roles that OEM can play there. Of course, there's worker safety as well. What what can the OEM do to make sure that if there are um, if there is actions taken on their machines, what can they do to um, you know protect um, workers, especially if you know if it's the end user doing it. If it's the OEM, obviously that's still an issue, but different different set of um, you know uh, owners. So yeah, it, I think. Um, um, you know, this technology um, and the role it plays is 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 definitely, whether it's a labor issue or, um, you know, retiring workforce or, or pandemic impact, um, the technology is used in, 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 multi, in multiple ways. 
not just Got for the, the raw care of the machine, but, but so many so many other peripheral um, you know responsibilities that come with that. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, my final question, and and yeah. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us about what you're doing at Lumen. What what's the best way for people to learn more, uh, to get in touch with you? How can they how can they reach out? All that good stuff. Yeah, dot com is one way, and that's probably the easiest way. And but if they do reach out, we've got you know various ways of having them either test drive the product or get more information about it. So that's probably the easiest. Just hit our website and. So you're saying don't don't just wait around until Pack Expo and wander by your booth and check out right. your 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 glorious head of hair. That's a bad idea. Yeah, in my non-Boston accent. In your non-Boston accent. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. Well, I'll I'll forgive you for that. Well, Ed, thank you uh, once again for coming on the podcast here and for sharing about what all the work that you're doing at Lumen and the way that you're helping out the industry. I think it's great. Thank you. Hey, that wraps up another edition of the People of Packaging podcast. It would mean so much if you would like and share, rate, review, subscribe, because we want to change the world because we believe that packaging is awesome.